Welcome to Ask Art, a podcast brought to you by me, Senator Art Haywood, where we will cover politics, policy, social justice issues, and everything in between. Hey, everybody, this is Art. Thank you for joining our 30-minute Ask Art series, where we bring you new guests every month. This week, we will highlight a restaurant owner who is an advocate for fair pay. Today, I will be joined by Nicole Marquis, founder and CEO of Marquis and Company Restaurants, which includes Hip City Veg, Bar Bonbon, and Charlie was a center. One of her Hip City locations is in my district, inside the Fresh Grocer in Wincote. Nicole employs hundreds of employees in Philadelphia and surrounding suburbs in New York City and Washington, D.C. Starting in July 2021, she raised the minimum wage for her employees to $15 per hour. I want to now get straight into the conversation with Nicole. Nicole, would you start off by giving those who are either listening or viewing a brief uh, bio, how you got to where you are today. Thanks so much for joining us. Yes, hi everyone, and hello, Senator Haywood. It is such an honor to be on this call with you and so fun that we get to have this conversation. Um, so uh, for everyone out there, my name is Nicole Marquis, I'm the founder and CEO of Hip City Veg, and I also have uh, full service restaurants called Bar Bonbon, located in Rinhouse, Philadelphia, and one in Midtown, Philadelphia called Charlie Was a Sinner. Uh, they're all 100% plant-based restaurants throughout the city. And we have recently expanded our Hip City Veg locations to DC and to New York City. Um, our last opening, we just opened in Cheltenham in, at the Fresh Grocer. Um, and very close to where I grew up. I grew up in Elkins Park. Um, and then I lived in Olney for about five years with my grandfather while I was going to Temple University um, to get my degree in communications and theater. So I'll tell you a little bit about Hip City Veg and how I got there. In grad school, I became very interested in nutrition and I was really concerned about the climate. And I read a book that changed my life called The China Study. And it talked about the drastic health benefits for people who eat wholly plant-based foods. So I tried it and I felt so much better physically and emotionally that I really wanted the whole world to know about this. Coincidentally, at the time, my father, who was in his early fifties, he developed high blood pressure and type two diabetes. And I know probably a lot of people uh, watching know someone with type two diabetes, or they know someone with high blood pressure. These lifestyle diseases are rampant, they're everywhere and they affect our family and our lives. Um, so when I tried telling him that he could improve his diabetes with a plant-based diet, you know, he would just throw up his hands and say, I don't eat sweets. I eat a decent diet. I have diabetes because it's genetic. My father had it. That's why I do. And I told my dad, listen, Poppy, you have diabetes. You have the same problems that grandpa did because you guys eat the same foods. So I went out and I bought him a blender 
the same one, and, and I made him a green smoothie. The same one that we sell today at Hip City Veg. It has organic spinach, organic apples, pineapple, and banana. And he was like, really, you know, interested. He goes, this tastes delicious. I can have all this spinach in a cup, you know, okay, I'll read a few books about it. Well, he decided to change to a plant-based diet and to give it a try. And what happened in two months was incredible. In two months, he got off all of his blood pressure medication. He achieved normal blood pressure. He lost 25 pounds and he, and he put his type two diabetes into remission for some time. Mm. So it was a miracle for my family. And I knew I wanted to bring this to everyone. And that's really where my entrepreneurial journey began. I thought if I could make plant-based food in a style that was familiar to just about everyone that they would like it. And that experience led me to my ultimate mission and passion, which is making affordable and craveable plant-based food available to millions of people everywhere. Wow. You saved your father first. Yeah. As a father of three children, that's really uh, extremely moving. I have been to that fresh grocer on numerous occasions and have recently seen the Hip City uh, stand or area. In fact, I was over at Fresh Grocer uh, two nights ago. Whoa. Okay, so you saw it. (laughs) Yeah, but all I got was uh, orange juice and yogurt. But I think that um, what would I find if I stop at the Hip City stand over in the Fresh Grocer? Well, hopefully you are greeted first and foremost by a warm welcome, which is one of our core values in the company, hospitality and just, and positivity and really embracing our guests. Um, And then you'll find probably our green smoothie at the front counter that you can sample and try. Um, And it's so nutrient packed and dense, but we have a, a great menu. Um, our number one seller is our crispy chicken sandwich. Um, mm. you know, I just knew that we all love a really good fried chicken sandwich. It's so satisfying. So we do it um, vegan and there's no cholesterol, no animal saturated fat, less calories. It's, it's still fried food, but it's definitely better for you and better for the environment. And of course, better for the animals. You'll find a Philly steak, uh, which is one of our popular sandwiches, um, an array of salads and wraps, uh, sweet potato fries, and uh, we have some really creamy, delicious milkshakes. Wow, that's fantastic. (laughs) Now, what if I go halfway? Like your father went 100%, which sounds like that was in two months, that was a real miracle. But what about for those of us who really want to be on... I guess I would say both sides. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly what Hip City Veg really tries to do is just make it easy to go vegan or just even to have one plant-based meal a week has a tremendous positive impact on the environment and really opens a door for a lot of people who never thought it was possible to enjoy a plant-based meal. Like right? me. Right. Yeah. And like my dad, he, you know, he was a meat and potatoes guy. He was just said, listen, 
I want to be satisfied. I want the food to taste good. So that's why we really focus on flavor and we compete on taste first. Wow, that's fantastic. Now, so how are your restaurants doing? Are they do you find it to be successful? And I've also heard you got a minimum wage that's uh, close to where I am, at least 15 an hour. So you can tell us a little bit more about, um, you told us about the nutrition, how it helps us, but how is your business model working? Such a great question. And it's um, something, you know, we think about now every single day because the pandemic was devastating for the restaurant industry. Um, it, our business was pummeled uh, with the, the shutdown and then the rapid changing environment. Mm -hmm. So um, we were really, our employees were on the front lines. You know, every day they had to come into work because you can't work remotely in a restaurant. You know, they were taking public transportation. They were working shoulder to shoulder to serve the community. So it was a really hard time for them and hard time for the business. And we adapted to becoming mostly a delivery company, which is something we really didn't do before the pandemic. So that changed the financial model, that changed the business plan completely and how we look at growth and future growth. And um, but I will say that even though financially it was so hard for two years um, and we couldn't have done it without the PPP loan, which I know you and many others were big advocate for. And we thank you for your service and helping us get that right because we couldn't have survived without it. I think that um, aside from the financial aspect, we look at our culture and we look at the brand and in many ways we, we thrived, right, because we're a team of entrepreneurs with a positive can-do mindset. So we took this challenge and we said, how can we give back? How can we lean into the community? How can we fight and advocate for our team? And it, it paid off because um, it brought everyone closer and held our team together. Um, and it, last year we launched what I call 15 for our families which it was our commitment to raising the starting minimum wage to $15 an hour. We really believe that it wasn't just the right thing to do for our workers who have been through so much, but that it's also good for business and it helps with recruiting and with retention. So we just know that our hourly workers in Pennsylvania are having a very hard time keeping up, let alone getting ahead financially especially when our extremely low minimum wage is set at 725. So just before the current labor shortage, um, yeah, we decided to take the lead on setting that higher wage for our team because it's, it's good for people and good for business. So I think we're all more successful when we invest in each other. And that's, that's what we decided to do. That's tremendous. So what has the, the labor shortage meant for your company was, now that you have 15 an hour? Because uh, has that allowed you to retain folks? Have you had the same shortage that other businesses are complaining about? Was it a shield? Yeah, you know, it has paid off. And we have an incredibly loyal and dedicated team. They feel valued. 
And they have the confidence that if they work hard, they will grow with us, that there are career opportunities. And I think that's really important for our employees now. They're, they're looking for growth and, and a career for themselves and for their family. You know, re- retention is still very hard during this volatile time of recovering from the pandemic. But we have employees who, who apply because of this. So we know it is, it, it, it means a lot to them. So managers I'll interview and they say, you know, one of the reasons I'll ask them why hit city veg, you can work anywhere. And they'll say to me, one of the reasons is because I believe you take care of your workers. And, um, I saw that you raised the minimum wage for everyone. And I'm like, that's amazing, right. To be able to recruit because you've committed your values you know, to your values and to show your team that you care. Another beautiful consequence of all of this was that guests started to uh, send emails to us and phone calls saying, I used to eat at Hip City Veg once a week. I'm going to eat at Hip City Veg now twice a week because uh, you took the lead on $15 an hour. So it's just an example of, what can happen when you stay really true to your own values and show your team that you care. And I, I just, in general, when I walk in, I think morale is higher and that is a beautiful. That's huge. That's huge. So we talked a lot about your business, how you grew up. Would you share a little bit with us on uh, any challenges or particular opportunities that you have seen uh, on your journey related to being a, a woman, any particular features of your experience? Yeah, such a great question. You know, the challenges of being a woman in business for me really started when I had a baby because businesses aren't always built around families. I'm a single mom and a lot of responsibility falls to the mother, especially as so many of your constituents probably know when you're a single mom, as I am, there's, there's no you clock in clock out as mom it's 24 seven. So when you are also 24 seven in a business, it's very challenging. How do you run a, a growing company with constant demands and also be so involved in your child's school and all the details, details of life? Like I said, you don't clock out as a mom. It's 24-7. So, but I think the reason I've been able to do it is because I have a wonderful support network, including my parents who live nearby. And you need the resources to have that flexible childcare available. And why childcare is so important for women, especially for women and their careers. I think I'm a more effective CEO now that I'm a mother, uh, but it took some time for my team and investors to really adjust to the changes that I had to make in my hours and availability. People, so just talking to all the women in business out there. I think that people will expect you to work the exact same way you worked when you weren't a mom. And for me, when that clock strikes 5.30, I'm going home to be a mother for dinner time and bath time and reading books before bed. 
And I've learned that it is okay to compartmentalize. Even if I have to log back onto my computer and get on phone calls at 8.30 at night after my son goes to bed, which I, I do probably every night. I think um, most of the CEOs in the country are men and a lot of them have help at home. So when they finish working, they don't always have all the childcare demands that women do. And study after study shows, and of course we know because we live it, that women's responsibilities at home haven't decreased even when they work more hours and have more responsibility. So that's really where my challenge really showed up. And I'm just going to commit to doing everything I can to make this, my company, a place where families want to work, to make it, to make business uh, family friendly. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. And creating that 5.30 PM to 8.30 PM uh, schedule. Yeah. That's, that, that's a uh, compelling and something <laughs> that uh would be effective, I think, throughout the American workplace, uh, particularly as you look at Europe and travel to Europe, you see that their organization of family time is is much more structured, much more protected uh, yeah. than the United States, but they have extremely successful businesses uh, and economies as well. So creating more time for family in our economic business models, yeah, sounds like an important way to go. Had a question about uh, mentors that you looked up to, men or women, that helped you to take the path that you took, take the risk that you took. Any mentors you'd like to share? Yeah, I think definitely my my mom and my dad. (laughs) My mom, because she was a teacher in North Philadelphia at Edison High School for 35 years and came home and was really present for us. She, she always said to me, Nicole, make sure you have your education and your career before you get married and have children. And that stuck with me and pushed me to achieve whatever it is that I want to achieve. And my dad was a nurse, a nurse practitioner, and then he became a school nurse in the Philadelphia school district. And, you know, it's interesting. My dad put me in karate. He put my brother in ballet. And he showed us that we could do anything we want, regardless of our gender. And that's helped me in business because I don't have some of the usual fears that a lot of women face because it can be intimidating out there. I'd like to say also Dean Donna DeCarolis, who is the Dean of the Entrepreneurship School at at Drexel. She created one of the first schools in a university dedicated to leadership and entrepreneurship. So I look up to her. I I look up to Maggie Baird, who is Billie Eilish's mom and a friend of mine. She's achieved so much and is giving so much back to the community because she cares about people and animals and the planet. I also want to say Lisa McGuire, who believed enough in me to give me my first investment Mm. and supported young women like me to follow my dreams and create my business. So there are a lot of incredible women and men out there who have helped me so much along the way. Wow. Now that's tremendous. So given your experience, challenges you've overcome, 
What kind of advice would you provide to young entrepreneurs, women and men, who are on the verge of following your dream or not following your dream or have had a setback and think it might be the final setback? Well, I think you have to have a strong belief in your mission that it will carry you through and above all of the many roadblocks and challenges. So know your mission. Why are you doing this? I have a higher purpose and I feel really deep, a deep belief in my mission to bring plant-based food to people everywhere and reduce our reliance on animal agriculture to protect the planet. And in my core, I know what's important, what's right, and I'm going to fight for it. And from that higher purpose comes motivation and innovation, like what led me to create Hip City Veg and figuring out how to make that happen in the cheesesteak capital of the world. So know your why. And then I would say mindset is so important. When you have the right mindset, you focus on the solution instead of the problem. I believe that you have to have the mindset that you are never going to give up. It was so shocking and painful when we had to shut down our restaurants and lay off nearly all of our employees in March of 2020. And if I had it all, if I didn't already have the mindset that I wouldn't give up no matter what, that would have been enough for me to just call it quits or at least just take a break, you know, but because of that strong mindset that I had built over years and years, I practiced it and I cultivated it over the years. I knew that giving up wasn't an option. And my whole team and I just had to work harder than ever to get us through this. Um, and also know that mindsets can be learned with practice. Not everybody wakes up super positive every day, you know, the most positive person. It's a daily practice. And then lastly, I would say value your team um, and they can help you get through it. If you have a setback, a service business is all about people and investing them is investing in them is essential. So um, don't be afraid to ask for help. Just know that you can be stronger together and really create that support network um, around you and take care of that and nurture that so that they're there for you during hard times. Wow. So we're at the closing of we're like the last three minutes or so. And I did want to hear from you about what you see as next, because you've got several layers that you've built already. I understand you've got the plant-based focus. I also hear you got the protect us against climate change uh, uh, focus. So what do you see as next for some of the things that you see next for your business and for you? That's such a great question. And it's something that I'm thinking a lot about. I think we're, I think we're just at the beginning for Hip City Veg. I, I definitely have always had the vision of creating a national and international brand. You know, in many ways, I want to take over McDonald's. I think, you know, I'm with it. <laughs> thank you. Um, and I think that right now, at least for the next six months, the most immediate thing is is just to recover. I want to let the business recover. You know, we have one more restaurant that we're going to open in DC that we committed to, but Omicron was such a tremendous challenge in some ways harder than March of 2020 that we just need to, I need to let the team settle, 
recover, go back into the business, focus on profitability, focus on um, streamlining and strengthening the operations and the team because we've just been swayed one way or another for two years. So I'll do that for six months, recover. And then once things settle and we better understand our business plan, we will we'll take the next step and truly go national. That's fantastic. Certainly let me know before you go public so we can uh, participate in that. Definitely want to uh, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. I also want to wish the best to your parents, who I represent as well as their state senator. And I probably represented them as a township commissioner some, some years ago. You did, I live, yeah. I live right across the street from the Shadham High School. I hope you, I don't know if you came on my grass. In any event, thank you so much for all you're doing. Uh, you are a talent. You are a great representative for Sheldonham, the city of Philadelphia, and really the United States of America for wow. who you are and your vision. And I wish you all the best. Certainly want to thank everybody who's taking some time to, to listen to us. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much, Senator. I hope to see you soon. Likewise. <laughs> Thanks for joining this episode of Ask Art, and please stay tuned for our next episode. As always, you can find everything at SenatorHaywood.com. Thank you.